Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. Been reflecting on one of the greatest inventions in human history. It's a miraculous feat of science. It has changed us as a people. And it's increased our quality of life. Many can't go a single day without it. And of course, as you know, I am referring to the snooze button. This wonderful gift. I live in a household of priests, by the way, and uh, this has uh, impacted us seriously. You know, here's a typical morning in my house. 6 a.m., the coffee pot goes off, and we've got one of those, like, fancy luxury editions where they grind the beans fresh in the morning, which is wonderful except uh, it's super loud. It wakes up the whole neighborhood. So that's the first alarm clock. And by the way, the walls in our house are paper thin, so it's, uh, it wakes all of us up. And then at 6.10, let's say, I set my alarm uh, to go off, and usually I kind of roll out of bed and hit the snooze button, right? Just, just five more minutes. And, uh, and so I wake up and snooze, wake up and snooze. But luckily, I have a backup alarm clock, another watch nearby, uh, that's also, it conveniently has a snooze button feature, and so, so I'll snooze that, and it's probably like 6.30 by the time I'm finally dragging my carcass out of bed. Not exactly a morning person. Anyways, grab a cup of coffee and go and pray. But why is it that we love the snooze button? And come on, don't lie, I know that you use it too. Why do we love the snooze button? I think it it kind of lets us pretend. See, the truth is, we're more tired than we'd like to admit. We're more tired than we'd like to admit, and, and we can actually, like, you know, set an alarm for a bit earlier and then snooze and eke out, you know, just an extra 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of sleep, but we're actually more tired than we'd like to admit. You know, the other day I was I bumped into a parishioner quite randomly. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And uh, she said, Father Simon, how are you? I said, I'm good. And with this, like, penetrating directness, she said, no, Father Simon. I asked, how are you? And I paused and I said, I'm tired. And uh, I share this, not because I want the focus to be on me, but I wonder if there's other people out there who are feeling the same way. I was talking to my spiritual director the other day. Every month or two, I, I chat with uh, another priest who's older and wiser and holier than me. And, uh, and this priest, he basically, uh, he gives me guidance. And, and so, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, hey, how are you doing? And I said, well, uh, I got to be honest, like since this third lockdown or whatever, I've been feeling the, fat- the fatigue. It's kind of like I feel stuck in second gear. And he says to me, well, say some more. I'm like, well, you know, that's just like an expression people use to be stuck in second gear. And he's like, no, no, uh, talk, talk about it. And I thought, and it's like, oh, yeah, so with a bike, or the same is true if you know how to drive standard, uh, second gear is there to help you accelerate or get up a hill, but uh, you can't drive super far or super fast 
in second gear, or else what's going to happen, a few things, uh, it's going to make this really high-pitched uh, noise, kind of like a coffee grinder going off first thing in the morning. Uh, it's also uh, going to waste a lot of fuel. It's not very efficient, and it puts undue strain on the engine. And as I thought about it, it's like, yeah, I'm in second gear. Like, we're moving, but not nearly as fast or efficiently as we should be. And this priest, he's, he said, you know what? Thank God for a second gear. Because it enables us to, to go up a steep hill. And then he added, but we've been on a hill climbing for far too long. And of course, he was referring to this global pandemic. And I'm going to go out on a limb and make a guess here that some of you are feeling the fatigue. You're, you're maybe feeling stuck in second gear. I guess that some of you, you haven't been on a truly restful vacation in at least a year and a half, two years, maybe longer. And it's starting to show. You know, when we're really tired, I find we go to one of two extremes. Either we try to power through, you know, even if we're kind of stuck in second gear, or we're tempted to give up. And I want you to know this that God provides for us in this moment. He loves you so much. Personally, he, he gets the fatigue that you're feeling, and he wants to meet you and provide for you on the journey, which is why we're doing this series for the journey. Last week, Father Alex, he kicked us off and he was talking about the Israelites on this really long, exhausting journey of uncertainty through the wilderness. But what happened? God provided, right? Manna. He gave them this bread from heaven and quail, this meat that he, he fed them with. God loves to provide. In fact, the desert or the journey is the place of God's provision. Now we hear a similar story today in our first reading, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, talking about the prophet Elijah. Here's this guy who was so tired. He was feeling the fatigue, man. He had been working so hard for God, and, and he was left just feeling exhausted and discouraged, disappointed. He felt like a failure. And then in the midst of this, like, here's what happens. He's on this mission to uh, eliminate all of the false prophets, all of these prophets who are leading people to worship pagan idols. And he's actually doing a pretty good job at that, so much so that the evil queen Jezebel is not happy. And in fact, she issues a death warrant for Elijah. And so in fear, he flees for his life to escape assassination. And he's running and running. And that's where our story picks up. He finds a broom tree, which I don't exactly know what a broom tree is, but I'm going to guess it looks something like this. Uh, this tree kind of looking like an upside-down broom. And, and here's what the passage says. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. Like, he's exhausted. He's depressed. He's so tired out, he's alone, and in that state, he falls asleep. And what happens next? 
he gets woken up by his alarm clock. No, actually, it was an angel that woke him up. Uh, but this angel uh, offers him something to eat, something to drink. And, uh, and Elijah, I mean, here he is. He's getting this visit from a celestial being, this powerful, radiant being that's providing him food that's been produced, you know, from heaven. And what does he do? He hits the snooze button. He falls back asleep again. He's so exhausted. The angel wakes him up a second time and says, get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. And so Elijah does get up. He eats, and then he continues on for 40 days. Why should we care about this Elijah story? If there's any of you who are feeling exhausted, maybe, maybe you're even more tired than you're willing to admit. Uh, you, you go to these extremes. Either you're, you're just trying to power through, or you're ready to give up. Well, you're not alone. And I want to suggest that there is another option for us. It's that God wants to meet us at the broom tree. He wants to provide for us, to offer us, offer us rest that we might receive and be restored. I want to name this moment for us. Where we are right now, here, for those of us in Nova Scotia, for, for, for our parish, for us in the middle of the summer, I want to name this as a broom tree moment. This is a moment where God wants to meet us, where, where we have a chance to, to stop. It's kind of like a way station or a rest stop. If you, you know, like I've never run a marathon, and I never will, uh, but uh, I'm told that there are these rest stops along the way, maybe every five kilometers or so, where people can, people, especially if they're hurting, if they're in pain, if they're cramping up, they can pause, grab something to drink, stretch, get restored so that they can keep going. The rest stop is not a place where you live permanently, but it's a place to rejuvenate you so that you can finish the race. And that's exactly what this broom tree moment is for us. And so I want to encourage you to take some time this week and pray with this question, God, how are you inviting me into this broom tree moment? See, God is like, I invented rest. You invented the snooze button, but I invented rest. I'm the one who really wants to meet you in this moment and and minister to you in your need. So really pray with that question. God, how are you inviting me to enter into this room tree moment? I want to suggest uh, a couple of possibilities for what we might do. And taken right from the text, uh, the first thing that Elijah did at the broom tree was he slept. And sleep is so important. I think we, we live in a sleep-deprived culture, and, and when, every time we sleep, you see, it's like an act of trust. That somehow we believe, okay, the world is going to keep turning without me. I love this story about Pope John Twenty-Third. Imagine what it's like to be Pope. You know, the, the pressure on you, the fatigue, those moments of discouragement where, where maybe he even wanted to give up. And yet, this is what he would do every night 
when he'd get into bed, he'd say this. Well, Lord, it's your church. You take care of it. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I think uh, we need to do this too. We need to get to bed on time, get eight hours of sleep, even take a nap. You know, maybe Father Alex was right this whole time. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> but sleep, sleep is so important. This place where we can receive uh, as an act of trust. Number two is Elijah was nourished at the broom tree. And so too, we need to eat healthy. Uh, we need to uh, not eat too much, but enough, the right kinds of food, right? But even more than that, God wants to feed us with a sacred food. You want to talk about superfood? Well, the Eucharist. And we heard uh, this in our passage today from the Gospel. Jesus is talking about himself, the bread of life. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus gives us his body, his blood, his soul, his divinity. And that's why it's so important that we come to Mass in person to receive this food from Jesus that will nourish us. And thirdly, and this didn't happen at the broom tree, but from the broom tree, Elijah departed and he walked. Now, uh, he didn't run, he didn't rush, he didn't hail an Uber, he walked. And I think that that's so significant. You know, as an aside, I was, I was thinking about, uh, so proud of Canada, right? We won a uh, bronze medal in the 50-kilometer speed walking event, which is just kind of a fascinating event if you think about it. And henceforth, you know, when people think Canada, they're going to think polar bears, maple syrup, speed walking. You know, that's what we'll be known for. <laughs> but what I'm talking about right now is not like, uh, I'm just talking about normal walking, you know, like the non-Olympic kind, you know, like maybe no more than five kilometers an hour, just to, to go out for a restorative walk. Because uh, th I think there's a way in which we can experience God just as we walk. And just the other day, I was, uh, I was racing around, and I'd had a long day, spent a lot of time on screens, and it got towards the end of the day, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to go for a long walk. And that's exactly what I needed. It, was, it ended up being a, a little spiritual moment for me. And I'm going to give you a little secret. Like the, uh, the secret to a restorative walk. You ready for this? Pay attention. Four words. Leave your phone behind. Say that with me. Leave your phone behind. If you really want to create a little space to quiet yourself down, go for a walk and leave your phone behind. I promise you it's, uh, it's going to help you receive from God. So a few things to, to make this act of trust to sleep, to, uh, to receive the Eucharist, the spiritual superfood, and to go for a restorative walk with God. And I'm sure if you pray about it, God might have other ideas for you. But as I said, this is a broom tree moment. We need to pause now because I believe that there's something coming next. For Elijah, after his moment at the broom tree, he went 
40 days, and on this mountain, he experienced God in the most intimate way he had ever experienced in his entire life. What we began as a flight from danger turned into this journey of encounter. And I believe, too, that the turning point was the broom tree. That's what God is doing for us, individually and as a parish. We've experienced so many amazing things in our past. I don't know why, but God has blessed us so much here at St. Benedict. This is such a special parish. We are having an impact on people and on churches all over the world. Like, we regularly receive cards from people. Just this week, Father Alex and I, we got this card from somebody, never heard of this person, never met them, but they've been so touched by what we're doing here as a parish. And not, not just by the priest, by the way, by us as a parish. That's why it's so important that we take this rest stop now. Because I believe God is going to call us into something amazing in the future. And I'm actually afraid to share this last little thing. Uh, because, I guess if I'm honest, I'm afraid to look like a fool. But it's probably too late for that already. So <laughs> I'm going to go for it. I, uh, about a month ago, I was praying with the team. And I just had this, this simple sense in prayer that God was saying, I'm going to send tons and tons of people to St. Benedict. So get ready to receive them. And I thought to myself, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Because all of the statistics, all the data, all the early indicators are saying the complete opposite. Father Alex, just last week he shared that in places where there's no restrictions at all, they're seeing no more than 40 to 70% of people return. And here I am with the sense God's going to send tons and tons of people. Anyways, I shared it with the team, and they started to confirm it. They were like, yeah, we have got to get ready for the people that God is going to send our way. And by the way, I don't know when this is going to happen, if it's going to be like in six weeks or six months or over the next six years, but, but one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to look like a fool or God is going to provide. And I'm going to put my money on God every single time. Let's take this right now, this broom tree moment today, to prepare ourselves for the mission moment that God has in store for our parish. Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.